The word of the day on this here radio program is speed. Because from where I'm sitting, that's what OU added last night with their third commit in this 24 class. Speed is what they added with Kelly K.J. Daniels out of the state of Louisiana. 5'10", 150 pounds out of Franklinton, Louisiana. Now, I'm very interested in how the text line feels about this edition. Because, look, and in no way jo- Josh Helmer joins me for this hour. By the way, Parker's uh, off to the uh, live viewing of uh, practice today in Norman. I, in no way do I look at this commit last night and say, ah, there it is. That, that, kid, that kid right there, that kid, that's going to be a top five get in this recruiting class. I don't even necessarily think K.J. Daniels is going to be the highest-ranked wide receiver that they get in this class. But I see a very unique skill set, or a very good skill set, I should say, in, yes, he's undersized. Yes, he doesn't have a very high ranking. He doesn't have a ranking at all right now from 24-7. I think that that'll change very soon. But I like that they got someone with, they got legitimate speed here with this wide receiver commit. I'm interested in what the text line thinks, 405-651-3439. But for what it is for me, I think it's, okay, it's a, it's a good get. I think you take it. Well, if this is a flyer get for Oklahoma, then it's probably not the worst flyer get to, to take when it's based strictly on speed. And my man's got speed, track speed in bunches. I think it's pretty easy to make the comparison here, too, to Hollywood Brown. Smaller, sure? diminutive, uh, slight of frame. This is not not a huge ranking coming out of uh, high school. Right? Not, not a big recruiting ranking. This is not Tyler 5'10", 190 pounds. I mean, this is 5'10", 150 is, is what you see out there in terms of the weight. So uh, he, he – has weight that he can add to the frame, but man, the speed you can't can't teach that. Well, yeah, with a four four three uh, forty yard dash that he recently had, uh, he had the uh, fastest ten yard split of any player in attendance at last month's Under Armour Next Combine in Dallas. You're 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 getting speed here, and look, I don't think anyone's going to try to sell you that. Hey. This is a slam dunk, without a doubt. He's going to be a big-time player at OU. Like, there's obviously some things that K.J. Daniels is going to have to do once he gets to Norman. He's not going to be the only speedster that's on the roster right now. Like, Andrew Anthony, you know, he's – Andrew Anthony got a chance to be really good. You got a chance to add Brennan Thompson via the transfer portal. So he won't be the only player on in your wide receiver core with elite speed, but – you're, you're, getting, you're getting a nice flyer here, potentially, is what you're getting. He may be ranked as one of the lower-ranked players in this class, depending on how it goes. But, again, I'll take four four three speed if I can get it And the it's wide not, receiver spot. Tyler, it's not hard to see what the coaching staff sees as a possibility here. I mean, it's, it's just that. It's, it's the speed. So, if there's a guy you're going to take a chance on, this one makes sense. And, look, it's not like – I mean – no, he's not going to finish as one of the top-rated players in this class. But, man, you you flip on that huddle tape and what you're talking about with the 10-yard split, I mean, that's that's great to hear that, that it's not just, you know, 40 yards he's fast. It's it's boom, snap the fingers, hit the hit the track gun, he's yeah. fast. So Franklinton liked to throw him the deep ball last year is what it looked oh. like to me via the uh, highlight reels. Well, and, and it worked out quite well. What I was going to say is, it's not just Oklahoma that sees this early. Oklahoma's in early in the recruiting process, but there's other Power Five: Cincinnati, Houston, Texas Tech that have offered here. So, 
Oklahoma got in early. They're rewarded for getting in early. But there will be other big-time Power 5 programs, Tyler, that get in the mix before this thing's done. Sure. Uh, from the 918, don't really care as long as we get Wesco and Kearney. Yeah, I, look, you, you get Bryant Wesco, that's going to be the best wide receiver that you're going to get in this class. It's going to be one of the best overall players that you get in this class because I think he's, what, number nine overall currently on 24-7 sports. Uh, let's see. You need players like KJ on the roster, says the texter in the 918. Now, if they start getting more players his size, then we got problems. Sugar Shade in Newcastle, when you're that fast, you don't need a bunch of size. Get him from 155 to 170, and he'll be just fine. There's a lot of players. Go, and, and we got to re- remind ourselves, he going, he's going into his senior year of high school, right? There's a lot of kids going into their senior year of high school that even if they're rated high, Josh, like they need – an off-season or two in the weight room to bulk up and put on more weight. So you look at 5'10", 150, and you say, geez, like that's that's really, really small. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's undersized, but give that kid a year or two and things, and maybe he turns out to be – it may be a three-star getting the end. I think Rivals has him as a three-star, but maybe we're talking a whole lot more about K.J. Daniels here in the next couple of years. Oh, I don't think it's unfeasible at all. That, that speed that he has is just different. There's, you know, I know that's a buzzword these hours of the day on this station. It's it's just a little bit different, but uh, I mean, he's easily got those skills where uh, Tyler, he's he's as a lot of guys, but he's done some, you know, played a little running back in high yeah. school. I can totally see him being somebody tailor made for Jeff Levy, little end around handoff or put him in the backfield every once in a while. I mean, he's got those types of transferable skills. Put him in the slot, so I could see offensively him doing a lot of different things for OU. Blacktop Billy says he looks really good. Gunny says it's 420 somewhere, and that kid brings speed for days. Some people like to say it's 5 o'clock somewhere, but with old Gunny, he says it's 420 somewhere. Yeah, it's 420 somewhere. Uh, 918, he runs away from people in in his huddle tape, makes fast players look slow. Sooner Gunny, remember how big Mark Clayton was when he showed up. Yeah, Mark Clayton was tiny, tiny. Mark Clayton was very, very small. And it, it, it wasn't necessarily a situation even for Mark Clayton to where, you know, it took him three years showing up as a very small player to make an impact. Mark Clayton was making an impact in like 2001 as a very, very young player. So you can be, you can be undersized and still make an impact when you've got 4-4 speed out there. That's, if, that's kind of the that's, – that's really what you're uh, talking about here. If we know anything about this staff too, and I know that Emmett Jones at wide receiver, that's – Obviously a recent change for Oklahoma, but if we know anything about this staff so far, Tyler, it's that they kind of like to show they can evaluate a little bit. They're going to toss an offer or two out there that is of this variety where – Daniels is going to finish with three star. I would guess three. St- I would guess three star is probably where it ends up. He's yeah. too fast. He's got the offer sheet that's got Power Five offers. Obviously, he's committed to Oklahoma now, and which is going to help. I think that's going to help him get a rating. And no I, doubt. I don't think it boosts him to a, a five star or even a four star. But I think three star is probably a pretty safe bet here. But this staff, Tyler, they like. In some ways, being the staff that's like, well, hey, you know, we we offered him before he had a star. Yeah, so and that's going to help when when slash if and it's more of an if than it is a win. LSU comes calling and gives the Louisiana kid the offer because I, we've brought it up a couple of times on this show 
Urban Meyer earlier this year was telling a story of when he was at Florida and his recruiting director booked him a flight to go to Louisiana to see a kid. He's like, well, what are you doing? Like, this is a Louisiana kid with an LSU offer. We're not going to get this guy. You're you're basically wasting, you're wasting my time and you're kind of wasting our money with this trip. So he doesn't have an LSU offer. I heard Parker say last hour that he doesn't necessarily think that he's going to get an LSU offer. But even if he does, and it's hard to get Louisiana kids away from LSU, um, there's a thought that with OU being first and committed, that they may be able to hold off LSU with that. But it, it, make no mistake about it, it's, it's tough to get a Louisiana kid with an LSU offer out of the state. They do a really, really, really good job of that. And that's something that, look, you're just going to have to be on the lookout for, and hopefully you don't have to guard against because, that, yeah, that could pose a serious challenge. But the bottom line to me is this. LSU hasn't offered yet, and the longer that that goes and he still hasn't been offered and he stays committed to Oklahoma, Tyler, we've seen this in-state. I think as as easy maybe as it would be for LSU to pry him away from Oklahoma if and when they offer, Tyler, the longer that it goes, the more difficult that becomes because with in-state kids, the hurt feelings, I think, are stronger and stronger. When If LSU's that dream school, and it sounds like from people that talk about this recruitment, yeah, that might just be the dream school here. But, man, the longer that you don't get that offer from sure. the dream school, the more animosity no privately doubt. builds up. Uh, I was just thinking of uh, notable former Sooners from the state of Louisiana. Because, like, just off the top of your head, do you feel like there's been a ton of players from Louisiana over the past 25 years or so? I, I, I Like, I didn't think, like, obviously Texas, Oklahoma kids, Kansas kids, like maybe even more Missouri kids than Louisiana. And I just did a rough draft. I'm going to miss some. Rufus Alexander, of course, he might be the most notable sure. player out of Louisiana of be them tough all. To top. Uh, Cody Ford had a really good career. <laughs> Brent Rawls, former highly ranked quarterback. We know how that went in. Terrific career. Back of a truck. Frank Alexander had a great, I think it was his senior year at OU. He had a really great year. Big 12 defensive uh, player of the year? Yeah, I think he was, yeah. Uh, Nick Harris had a good career at OU. Chance Sylvie, Adrian Ely, and Michael Jones. So I know that I'm probably missing a few of those in there. but Those would be the top names? Those would be kind of the top names. That like Especially Rufus, Cody Ford, Frank Alexander, Nick Harris, Adrian Ely. Yeah, that's, that's a nice that, little... That's a pretty good five over yeah. you know the past like 20 years or so. I Maybe I'm missing just an obvious one, but I was just curious to see how OU has fared in that in that state recently because when we're talking about the big time prospects they're like LSU's getting those kids and the only the only program that's really been able to kind of consistently go in and get top rated Louisiana kids has been Alabama and some of those moments have gone viral on uh, <laughs> like n- not national signing day but at the uh, all-american bowl or something when they pick Bama over LSU uh, Chris Brown says EJ from Louisiana yeah that's a that's another really good one so there's been there's been some difference makers from the state of Louisiana. I, I honestly I'm in some ways a little bit surprised it's that many. Yeah, uh, wasn't Mo Dampier from Louisiana? No, wasn't Mo Dampier from Illinois? Is that where he was from? I will uh, I'll check that over the break and see if that's right. But I thought he was uh, I thought he was from like the uh, the Midwest there in Illinois. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You check that. 405-651-3439. OU gets its third commit still. Currently ranked as the uh, number 55 overall class, number 56 overall class, because 
Uh, K.J. Daniels does not have a rating, but I think that that's going to change at some point. Uh, Texas currently right now at the number 55 class. So he'll get a ranking. OU will move up because of this. But I think when he does get a ranking, we're probably talking about the uh, – a three-star for K.J. Daniels, most likely. Keep the text coming. we got a lot of recruiting to get to today. It's a big recruiting weekend in Norman. you got to commit yesterday. And also, there's a new crystal ball. Actually, several crystal balls have dropped for a player with an impressive offer sheet. And he's also related to a very familiar OU running back. We'll tell you who that is coming up next and a whole lot more. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the Homo Sooner fans. No Thune today. Josh Helmer is with me this hour. Ref Army listening worldwide today. I think Missouri Sooner is uh, listening in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Sent us a text earlier uh, last hour. Sounds all right to At me. least Playa del Carmen uh, popped up on the app map, and he did send a photo from Mexico. So I'm guessing that's him. I don't know. Maybe it's someone Putting else. two and two together, I would say that's a, a fair conclusion to make. <laughs> Victoria, Texas is tuned in via the free ref app. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. St. Louis, Missouri. Chandler, Arizona. Colorado Springs, Colorado. Minneapolis, Minnesota. And via a request from the text line, Empire City is our small town of the day, which Empire City, if you don't know, you probably don't. It's in between Duncan and Comanche. So we take requests now. We're like a uh, request line on the text line for small town of the day. You guys are uh, participating with that. So congrats to Empire City. Download our free app in the App Store, K-R-E-F. All you got to do to search us in the App Store, you can find it there. And uh, that is brought to you by K&N Furniture in Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. How about Marcus Dupree's second cousin visiting Norman this weekend? Yeah, that's right. That Marcus Dupree, the best that never was, the 30 for 30 on ESPN. He's got a second cousin from Tupelo, Mississippi. That's a three-star offensive tackle, six foot six, 280 pounds. A few crystal balls dropped for him last night to OU, and like I said, he'll be at the spring game this weekend with, uh, with Marcus. Now, before you get up in arms and flood the text line about, oh, three-star you, here we go again. Uh, he's got offers, Isaiah Autry. He's got offers, Josh, from Alabama, Auburn, Florida State, LSU, and Oregon, amongst others. So he may be rated as a three-star right now, but that offer list tells you that, well, it's not going to be all that shocking if Isaiah Autry is at some point a four-star by the time that it's all said and done. That, that is one impressive offer list, and I just I, I didn't even name all the Power 5 offers that he has. But if we're talking about a Bama offer, if we're talking about a LSU offer like as an offensive tackle, then... Yeah, it's, it's no surprise that Marcus Dupree has relatives that are also very good athletes as well. So this would be a nice get. Offer sheet looks great. All of these big-time powers in the South uh, are, are in for Autry. 6'6", 280. I mean, that alone, you, you think, okay, six foot six, add some weight there. Tailor-made to be uh, someone that grows into being one of uh, – Oklahoma's potentially elite offensive tackles down the line. And it sounds like, I mean, it's a, it's a Disney story, right? He comes back, relation to uh, Dupree, and, and is amazing at the University oh, of Oklahoma. That, yeah, man, that's like the, uh, like the feel-good story. Now, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's harder to make like the, uh, the higher impact plays. Like, it would be even better if he played running back, right, like Marcus did, and 
he's the one that had the great career. He can still have a great career on the offensive line, but harder to have those memorable plays, I guess, at that position. So, But, but regardless, yeah, I would still it, – it, it'd be awesome, man. It'd be incredible. Running back happened. would be amazing. Running back would be would be perfect, but yeah, no, he. Uh, this would be a good get, and it sounds like I mean, if you're just buying into the crystal ball scene out there, that uh, this is trending Oklahoma's direction. Yeah, I think there were three crystal balls, including uh, one from Fong. He got Fong to uh, OU last night. Steve Will Fong, director of recruiting over there at Twenty Four Seven Sports, and this is a kid that again, like the measurables and the tape. It's yeah, I mean, it's good enough for a lot of Power Five schools out there to offer, but man, like. His second cousin is Marcus Dupree, and his mom played for Pat Summit at Tennessee and won two national championships in Knoxville. So it's also one of those things like, okay, yeah, the bloodline there, like it's pretty obvious. Let's go ahead and not take a chance on this kid, but you know what I mean. Like, odds Let's not are, overthink this Odds one. are pretty good that he's going to have a chance to turn into a uh, really nice player if we get him on campus. Mom was awesome. Marcus was awesome while he was at OU. So, yeah, this is one that you definitely take a chance on. And, oh, by the way, like you said, the measurables. I mean, this kid's six foot six, 280, right? I mean, that alone you're thinking, oh, okay, yeah, this, this could wind up being pretty good. Uh, Jim in Arlington says he's Marcus Dupree's cousin, so that's good enough for me. Yeah, you're right, though. I mean, just that whole storyline attached to it. Because Marcus still makes it back to Norman from, from time to time. Um, so it's, you know – He's still around and still somewhat part of the program, so it's not like he's been gone for 20 years and nobody's heard from him or seen one. Like Marcus is still around quite a bit, so I don't know if he has a rooting interest in this recruitment, but I'm going to guess that Marcus Dupree would not mind one bit if his second cousin, offensive tackle Isaiah Autry, uh, ends up playing in Norman. And and it might be therapeutic a little bit for Marcus Dupree. I, you know, watching the documentary. There, there's still a layer of, I wish I could have it back, right? And maybe he's moved on now beyond, uh, you know, the documentary. Maybe that alone was therapeutic. But it'd be nice for Marcus Dupree if this works out and then all of a sudden you got an NFL star and it's almost like things kind of come full circle to a degree. Yeah, I, I guess he's coming up here for the spring game with, uh, with Cousin Marcus. And that'll be a... That, that'll be a, a, a good situation to really show OU all. You know, I like get the full OU experience because Marcus is, when he's around here, he's a recognizable face. Like, no doubt. I think a lot of people instantly recognize Marcus. So I, maybe Isaiah Autry has already seen this before in his life, but hanging around Marcus Dupree, and I still think that he is a celebrated name in OU history. Again, like we wish it could have the full potential could have been realized here. That's almost added to the mystique yeah. of Dupree, though. Sure. But it, like, but it's like, like made it better in a sense. I, I wonder if like seeing all the attention that Marcus gets while he's here uh, helps OU out in any oh, way. Oh, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that it would. Yeah. Absolutely it would. And, you know, another visitor that will be here, David Stone, Tyler, I, it was imperative that Oklahoma got him to the spring game. But for each of these recruitments – if you flash up on the video board, Autry with Marcus Dupree, the place is going to go crazy. Oh, yeah, sure. If David Stone is on the video board, the place is going to go crazy. So for you know each of those recruitments, I just think they're almost perfectly designed for the fan base, for you to, to get the best out of the fan base, if you will, in a recruitment. Eric from Shawnee says, the last true offensive tackle we got from the South was Orlando Brown Jr., 
and he also had nice bloodlines. Yeah, Eric, I'm not going to double check on that one. Um, I did just mention Cody Ford, but I don't, I don't know. I, maybe that's another one right there. But yeah, I'll, I'll let you have it with Orlando Brown Jr. Yes, that worked out quite nicely. It definitely worked out uh, well for Oklahoma, yes. It's worked out for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm guessing it's going to work out for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, he'll make Joe Burrow a uh, very happy man. Yeah, uh, Barry will there be there to see Marcus, four exclamation marks. Uh, is uh, What's the story with Bear? Notice Billy Bowman tweeted at him today, Stephen Edmond. More uh, Bear Alexander questions. I, honestly, I haven't heard anything like on the front of OU and, and Bear Alexander. I, I think they reached out to him initially, but... I think the feeling today is the feeling that it was yesterday, is that more than likely Bear Alexander is probably going to be a USC Trojan. And I wonder, Josh, I wonder if this is one of those situations where, kind of like Jordan Addison coming out of Pitt last year, kind of like a couple of others, um, if Bear Alexander hit the portal and he 100% absolutely knew already where he was going like remember Jordan Addison still took visits across the country I think he took a visit to Texas at one point but as you kind of looked at it it was oh this kind of felt like it was USC all along and maybe he was just taking visits to take visits to not you know hop in the portal one day and then end up at USC the very next (laughs) right like we weren't going to be suspicious regardless it uh, throws everybody off the scent, right? You got to take those visits, throw everybody off the scent. Okay, now you can announce. It's the uh, it's from the handbook. Uh, why did I wake up feeling like we'd get David Stone? Asked the text line for months. Thought he would never come here. Gut feeling today is that he's a sooner. I look, guys. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do this to yourself right now. Like I, I think you can be excited. You are definitely allowed to be excited that David Stone. Uh, is going to be a Norman for the spring game. Like you said, I think that's very important. But I, it, it is, it's way too early in this one to get your hopes up. I, I just think that some crazy things are probably going to happen in this recruitment. Does OU lead right now for David Stone? Yeah, probably. I mean, if I had to take a guess, but I, I just think this one's going to, this recruitment's probably going to last a while and, and take a few different turns. He yeah. can, he can absolutely end up a, as a Sooner, but. I just, I just wouldn't get your hopes up just yet. Even just the things that he tweets, Tyler. Last night, the tweet that he sends out, the the deal from uh, on three, him being favored toward Oklahoma and on three, OU's crystal ball uh, out there, the covered wagons recruiting tweeted that. And uh, he quote tweets it and says, interesting, I'm not sure what prompted this out of nowhere. But then somebody else quote tweeted his tweet and uh, – what did they say? Well, on three is always late to the party. So, and David Stone liked that tweet. So that's I don't know what to think. Yeah, for the four hundred two, as good as AD was, if Marcus Dupree didn't have the voice in his ear back then, Dupree would have not only been the best running back ever at OU, but possibly rival Leroy Selman as the best player at OU. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the sad part about Marcus Dupree in that thirty for thirty. That was what like it's. Over 10 years old now, I think, which is crazy, right around 10 years old, is that he had, who was it, the uncle that he had, like, giving him the bad advice, like, that was... Yeah, trying to cash yeah. his own check. It was, was a great 30 for 30. I mean, it was an awesome 30 for 30, but it was just sad to see that, yeah, I mean, if Marcus just would have stayed the course and just would have stayed here, that... 
I look, AD's career was going to be tough to beat and some others as well, but could Marcus have had the career where he was the best but running back ever at OU? Absolutely he would have had that opportunity, 100%. And then, you know, the professional future, how does that change it for Marcus Dupree? You just totally rewrite history. Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439. This surprises surprises me. I, I didn't think that this would be the case, but we have a new number one overall uh, class. It's not the Georgia Bulldogs anymore. Georgia's really kind of led this 2024 cycle from the beginning. They're now in the number two class, and another school who is hot on the recruiting trail has overtaken the number one class. We'll tell you about that, the latest with all the newest crystal balls, and a little bit of a weekend recruiting preview for OU as well for the spring game on the other side. Keep it locked to the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Josh Helmer with me today inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Jordan Hudson, former, uh, he was a top, I think he was a top 100 kid. He was. Coming out of high school, correct? Former OU commit at one time, ended up going to uh, TCU. He is currently in the transfer portal. So very, very interesting that Jordan Hudson's in the portal. Do I think he's going to end up at OU? No, I'm not. I'm not going there on that one, so no. So that is not what you were reporting. No, I'm just I'm reporting that he is in the portal uh, because that is true in terms of, like, uh, is he going to end up in Norman? Like, no. Uh-uh. I think OU is going to get a wide receiver in the portal, but I don't think it's going to be Jordan Hudson. And uh, you think that maybe they'll have some sort of tie to the state of Texas? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think that <laughs> okay. that is very, very, very possible. Uh, new number one overall class right now, and it's Ohio State, man. They are on a heater when it comes to this 2024 class. Two five-stars, five four-stars. They've got 12 commits. Ohio State, the number one class. Georgia, the number two class. Michigan at three. LSU at four. Florida State at five. FSU is also on the heater. They just flipped a five-star tight end away from Georgia. That's why Georgia dropped down to number two. Ohio State and Michigan, man. Uh, I mean, Michigan's really turned this rivalry around the the past two years. It kind of feels like they have the mental edge going into this year. I, I kind of feel like the next three years or so, maybe even beyond, could be some of the more entertaining Ohio State-Michigan games that we've seen in quite some time. Because though I would give Michigan the edge right now, I think these two teams might be as evenly matched as they've been in in, in a while. It feels that way, and, you know... <laughs> Michigan's Michigan's going to have a realistic chance to be somebody that's right in the thick of winning a national championship this season, which for them, if they can get that accomplished, Tyler, that might vault them into the next stratosphere. Feels like we've been waiting for Ohio State to rattle off another national championship for a little while now, and lo and behold, it might actually be their arch rival that gets there first. Could be, yeah. Michigan's going to be labeled as one of the favorites uh, for the national championship next year. I can't go there yet with Michigan. I, I, I can't pick them to win a title. I just I just can't get there just yet. I haven't moved past the fact that I, I still feel like even though they've won in that Ohio State game each of the last two years, it's like I'm still mentally in the place where Harbaugh wasn't beating Ohio State, wasn't beating Michigan State, was sort of uh, the afterthought in uh, in the Big Ten. But that that's a thing of the past now, and now you have to say that he is right on the doorstep of maybe jumping into that next stratosphere of college football. Yeah, they had the fourth-best quarterback in the playoff last year. They probably had the fourth-best playoff uh, quarterback in the playoff the year before. 
And I'm going to guess if they make it this year, they're probably going to have the fourth-best quarterback once again. Not um, a fan of J.J. McCarthy? I, I mean, he's fine. I, I don't, I'm not trying to say that he's like trash or anything like that, but I'm going to guess that the other three teams that are going to be in the playoff, I think that there would be a pretty good chance that they're going to have better quarterback play than what Michigan's going to have this year. Unless he, he takes some big steps forward. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Day never winning a national championship. LOL. It's on the text line. Yeah, hey, I, if I had to bet on if Ryan Day ever wins a title or not at Ohio State, I would I would probably agree with that. Though the ESPN FPI Top 25, did ever, everyone see this today? Their FPI, Football Power Index Top 25, they got Ohio State at number one. Woo, buddy. Like, Ryan Day all, already had pressure to win a Big Ten title this year and finally beat Michigan. And, and I don't know, like, the polls that we pay attention to, if they're going to be preseason number one, but... This just slightly adds just a little bit more pressure to Ryan Day in Ohio State this year, and it was already there. Not to mention better beat uh, Michigan this year. Not to mention you're replacing Stroud, and you know what's that going to look like? I mean, there's plenty of questions with Ohio State. Yeah, there is. Uh, Parker changed the over under on me without consulting me first, which he and I will be discussing that on tomorrow's show. Okay, we established yesterday that the over under for commits this weekend is zero point five. And he's telling Steely earlier that uh, before he left, it's now one and a half as the official over-under for commits for the weekend. So I do wish he would have consulted me first. However, that is a positive – I would say that that's a positive update on things if the over-under has changed and it's changed by – an entire in an entire point essentially. If we one keep, and a half. If we keep on the same trajectory, we might be up to five and a half by the time we kick this thing I, off. Seriously, yeah, man. Uh, it'd be nice if you could get one of the big four. Um, half of the big four will be at the spring game this weekend. We mentioned David Stone, five-star defensive lineman, last segment. You also have Nigel Smith, four-star defensive lineman in town. There's a pretty good chance that Nigel Smith joins us. On either the pregame or postgame show on Saturday. Really? Live from Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. So just a little bit of a hint and a little bit of a tease there for you. Now, do you I've feel like. I've already setting that one up. Do you feel like now, sort of, you're one of the point men for this recruitment? <laughs> Far from it, actually. <laughs> okay. But I, uh, you know, maybe talk to someone that could, that could make that happen, just like it happened last year. No, I half half of the big four uh, going to be for the spring game. When Aries going to be at Colorado for their spring game this weekend, I I don't think that that is a huge deal. Like Colorado is going to have the only spring game that's nationally televised on ESPN this week. But it sounds like no news is good news for him, and there hasn't been a whole lot of updates. I'm going to guess that after the Colorado visit this weekend. OU probably still leads for Williams Winery. And, and I'll still say the same thing that I've said all along. You've got to at least get two, at least two of the big four. Because, you know, like what's kind of the scuttlebutt coming out of spring ball right now is, well, they're good in the back end. Their front line at linebacker is pretty good. But, man, they meet, they need more help across the defensive line, especially that interior. It's very, very important that – they start to resolve that with this recruiting class. They've got opportunities to do so, I think even outside of the big four that we talk about all the time. But this recruiting class needs to be kind of the start, Josh, of not only bringing in highly ranked defensive linemen, but really kind of piling in highly ranked defensive line because we know what league they're going to be in uh, coming up very, very soon. Very soon. Well, yeah, this is your final go-around in the Big 12, and then you're, you're off to the SEC where you need big-time defensive tackles. So – 
And, and hopefully somebody like a LeBlanc can step right in and in some way, shape, or form be a contributor this season, and all of a sudden we see some flashes about what the future can look like there. You combine that development with all of a sudden, yeah, you – man, and I almost feel like – you know, yes, two is realistic, and that's a good number, but, man, three of those four. Yeah, I mean, because I – Because you sure. swung and missed the previous class, I would almost up that one. Now, some would say, hey, let's get one here before we start talking <laughs> I about got you. three. I, like, I know. No one really wants to get their hopes up in this whole deal, but is it realistic? Is there a scenario where you get three of the, of, of, of the four that we always mention? Yeah, there is that scenario, but you need to at least get two. Two, I think you're happy – Anything more than two, then I think the Todd Bates slander starts to uh, end on the text line, and people start to say, yeah, this is your best defensive line haul that you've gotten in, in quite some time. Like, the opportunity is there. You're in on the kids that you need to be in on. Like, you've got to make yeah, – I mean, it's so critical that you make it happen in this recruiting cycle. You've you, you got to land these How kids. can I get you in a crimson and cream uniform today? Let's get this done. Anything less than two, folks are going to be uh, disappointed. I would agree. Uh, I'm not going to be able to make the spring game, says the texture of the 918, because I have to travel for work. But is the game not going to be on TV anywhere? ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus. Yes, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, recruiting Doomer 1. Over under <laughs> of three stars and no stars this week. One and a half is where we're putting it at. Is that <laughs> – did they give themselves that name or did you guys name them that? Uh, three star you recruiting Doomer one. Oh no no no! He there's recruiting Doomer one and recruiting Doomer two on the text line now. <laughs> That's great. And I don't think recruiting Doomer one knew or knows who recruiting Doomer two is. <laughs> at least not right now. That's fantastic, <sighs> man. But yeah, it's a uh, it's a big year for defensive line recruiting. I think we've talked about that enough. But Nigel Smith, it feels like OU's led for a while on this one. He was at the spring game last year. He's at the spring game again this year. I think it's kind of telling uh, where OU stands with his recruitment. Well, the, I mean, if he's, if he's really going to come sit down with you guys, I think is a good sign for the recruitment. Not to, you know, any added pressure for you there. I know that uh, you take all of these interviews very seriously. But to me, I mean, tea leaves, that's, that's a good sign that he's digging what's going on around Norman. I love uh, that any time we be- bring up Ryan Day, Lincoln Riley uh, jokes start flying on the uh, text line. Ryan Day is Lincoln Riley with worse facial hair, says Sean. <laughs> some of you don't think that uh, – some of you think that Ryan Day is just uh, Mule Shoe 2.0. And the way things are going right now for them defensively, uh, I think Ohio State's been a little bit better than USC and OU with Lincoln Riley defensively, but it's still been the Achilles heel, heel there for sure. Well, this is a massive year for him. If, uh, if he's going to be the long-term guy at Ohio State, he's going to have to beat Michigan again, win the Big Ten, and then – but, you know, what's crazy about all of that is I, I don't disagree with the frustrations for Ohio State fans, and I can see some of the comparisons to Lincoln Riley a little bit, but, I mean, one missed field goal away from maybe winning the national championship this last yeah. year. It was a, a really awful miss, though. Oh, it was really. horrible, it was, but it was a really bad miss. But you're right. You make that field goal, and they probably win the national. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not losing to TCU. I don't think. Yeah, Patrick says Ryan Day wears too much makeup. Ryan Day does have some uh, rosy red cheeks on his face. That that is definitely true. Is there a format released for the spring game? Not officially. I, I haven't seen anything officially. And if they haven't released a format for the spring game, Josh, my best guess is it's going to look probably. 
identical to what it did last year. They're going to draft teams, and it's going to be a standard game format like a year ago. If they have it, and, and I don't think officially they've released that yet. So you buried you buried the lead here. What is the situation with uh, the the Chris Kringle thing that Ryan Day's got going on? I don't know, but I've never seen him with without like just a red face. You know, <laughs> like we interview get to the setting, in game setting. It's like it's not like a stressed out look. I think that's just his look. Well, good for him. He's very jovial these days. Check Twitter just released. Is that right? OU football just released the spring game format. Well, thank you. I'll check that out over the break if that's true and uh, relay that to you next. Plus, a whole lot of recruiting news and nuggets as well. Final segment of Locked In is next. Keep it locked in the ref. Tell you what, the text line's always there when breaking news happens, so appreciate whoever sent that in. Like, hey, they just released the uh, spring game format. Uh, This is a very tricky, very unique scoring format that we have on Saturday. Let's hear it. Okay, so here's what the tweet says. Red versus white. We're introducing a new scoring system for this weekend's spring game between the offense and defense. So essentially it's going to be the offense versus defense. So uh, the offense will be the uh, the red team here. If they score a touchdown, well, it's a standard six points. Kick a field goal, standard three points. It says punt equals two points, which I'm confused about. We'll get back to that at a later time. Two-point conversion, two points. Extra point, one point. Turnover on down, zero points. Missed field goal, zero points. Turnover, zero points. So that's that's how the offense could co- score. Pretty standard, right? Like we would see in any sure. game. Sure, except for the punt. Yeah. Now the defense. If the defense gets a defensive touchdown, it's two. 12 points for a defensive score. A turnover equals seven points. Fourth down stop equals seven points. Missed field goal equals seven points. A punt equals five points. Made field goal equals five four points, a sack equals three points, pass breakup, two points, missed extra point, two points, missed two-point conversion, two points. Everyone got all that? We all square? We all we all set for Saturday spring game? I don't know how this works. I mean, I mean no. like a, a giant paper to see, like, how, how did they just get, oh, yeah, pass breakup. Okay, yeah, those two points. Okay, I got gotcha. you. But I thought the offense made the field goal. Well, <laughs> yeah, what, what if the game is decided on a PBU late in the game? The offense leads by one point. They throw a pass down the field. It's a PBU, and the defense wins. I, I honestly, I thought, great. They, I thought they would go with the uh, standard scoring system, but obviously that is not the case. Run down the defensive scoring for me again. Defensive touchdown is 12 points. Gotcha. Okay. Turnover is seven points. Fourth down stop, seven points. Okay. Missed field goal, seven points. Punt equals five points. Made field goal equals four points. <laughs> That's the one I'm trying to figure Same. out. Sack equals three points. PBU is two points. Missed extra point and a missed two-point conversion are both two points. Your head coaches are Todd Bates versus Bill Bedenboe. PBU to win it would be pretty cool. Patrick says that sounds like a drinking game. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, and, and also, I, I should add this in via the tweet from OU Football. The two teams will also have opportunities to earn points Throughout the week, as we get ready to hashtag pack the palace on a, April 22nd. I have no idea what that means. I th- I guess they're going to have extra credit opportunities. It sounds like it, yeah. To have points. So we may walk in, Josh, and the score could be 12 to 5. I, I, I it, it could be um, 5 to 3. It could look like a baseball score when we walk in or something. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds like there's a chance it's not 0 to 0 when we show up. Some sort of sooner scavenger hunt between now and then. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think? Uh, first reaction. Like it, love it, hate it. Too confusing. I think it's too confusing. 
I think there's too much going on, but I don't hate it. I I, I would say uh, I definitely don't love it. So I'm 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 more toward. I'm not crazy about some of it than I am. I love it. You have a theory as to why they're doing this scoring system as to as opposed to what they did last year? Yeah, I don't know. No, I guess just to make it more about offense versus defense yeah. and less about, you know, different different players uh, on different teams. Uh, just sold my tickets after seeing the scoring system, says a text with the 918. <laughs> Johnny H. says that scoring system sucks. Just play football. Uh, five one two. This kind of format is pretty cool because every play matters, but it's also a lot to start with. That is true. I mean, normally, like a two score game is a two score game, but in this format, like the defense could have a pick six or a strip sack for a touchdown, and all all of a sudden, a ten point game. You're down by two points all of a sudden. So, yeah, there is an added element to that, that we could have a pretty crazy ending for this thing, but it's going to be very, very confusing at first, for any, sure. Any time you have to explain this, the score to people that know the game is probably not necessarily great. <laughs> I like football, not math, says a texture in the 405. Ding, ding, ding. That's it right there. Yeah. Uh, well, it seems like the majority of people are like, well, uh, I don't I don't have to sit here and think the entire time. No, I, wanna watch I just want to sit here and watch football. Like, what's... What's going on here? So that's that's what we got. The, the also the other thing that's confusing is the two teams will also have opportunities to earn points throughout the week. Again, I have no idea what that means. Maybe they'll release more uh, details on that one, but maybe it's thirty to nothing. Maybe the offense takes care of business throughout the week. The defense does not. Game and over. It's already a blowout before we even get there. Who knows? Uh, by the way, Bob Stoops coming up at four twenty today, not three twenty. So be uh, able, be, uh, be sure to check out our weekly interview with Coach Stoops. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.